You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. Wow, with an introduction like that, I can hardly wait to hear what I'm going to say. Uh, and uh, I'm saying it for the third time this morning. And, um, you know, at this age, I tend to repeat myself a lot. So this three services in a row works real well for me. Hopefully, by the time this one's over, I won't be preaching it in the lobby. Yeah. Um, you know, I had this thought. Uh, we got to talk more about the persecuted church. Uh, I, I get in, in my travels. Uh, I get to... One of the things I do is, under the radar, I am a representative for Voice of the Martyrs. And that's been for many years. And I don't publish that. You won't find that anywhere on the internet. And I've been able to sit with uh, several people in the last year who've lost their families just because they've said yes to Jesus and persecuted badly. And we help them. We help them and we encourage them. But that's a message for another day. Pastor Jay introduced me. Now you have a name and a face to go with it. My wife says, people don't forget your face, Terry. Uh, I don't ask her why, but she just says that. She's, people always remember your face. Uh, my mother growing up always said, you have a face only a mother can love. And I thought that meant she loved my face till I got older and I really saw what she was saying there. But nonetheless, a name and a face is how we identify someone. Uh, you might also be interested to know that I didn't grow up in a, like a real church home. We're nominal church. Uh, we went sometimes, but I went the wrong way and had a radical encounter with Jesus as a teenager. But it was probably in 1994 when I had a very profound uh, experience, set of experiences over a number of months with the Holy Spirit that has been birthed this teaching and this kind of teaching that I'm going to do this morning, and it's grown over the years. Uh, so here we are, but uh, I was a systems analyst with an airline company for a number of years, then I was called to be a pastor, 18 years, my wife and I pastored, and then uh, for just a little over 20 years now, we have traveled and the Lord had made it clear one day that I was to go help churches and go around the world. And we were here in 2012 when our book came out, the Family Blessing Guidebook, and you were the church that kind of inaugurated that. And so my message today is a new one as well. So maybe this is a church uh, where God loves to do something new, Pastor. I hope and pray that's the case. But I want to introduce you to a friend of mine who's here today. He's been here all morning. And... Um, uh, but I'm going to have a little trouble with that because he doesn't have a name or a face. I'm talking about Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a title. Holy. Holy means without blemish, whole. He's the only one in this church this morning who's whole. The rest of us are maybe H-O-L-E-Y. The rest of us have some emotional baggage. The rest of us are a work in progress, right? Elbow somebody you know beside you, okay? We're a work in progress. And the Holy Spirit, we don't know his name. We don't know his face. But we do know what he's like because Jesus told us. And we do know what he does. And this Friday, 7 p.m., then Saturday, 9 a.m., and I've been asked this every service, can I come one day and not the other? Yes, we'll catch you up as best we can Get under the spout where the glory comes out for as long as you can and something good will happen. But um, the, the Holy Spirit uh, does a work on the inside as well as the outside. And as church people, we're in a setting like this. We're used to praising, you know, with our hands like we did this morning and praying. That's kind of the upward journey. Then there's the outward journey, reaching the community. 
But there's also the inward journey. And that inward journey is what we're going to focus on this Friday and Saturday. What can the Holy Spirit do when we meet him, when we receive him, as the Bible says we can and should and will, when we call upon the name of the Lord? What happens on the inside? Well, I'll give you a little spoiler alert. First of all, he'll go in and edit your life script. Because many of us still have tapes playing from years gone by, things that were said to us that shouldn't have been said, things we wish that happened that didn't, things that happened that we wish didn't, uh, resentments, complicated relationships, and, and this stuff goes with us. Paul says, forgetting what lies behind in Philippians, and you can forget what lies behind, but you can't ignore what lies beneath. And what lies beneath are the, the lies and the scripts that we take with us that impact all our relationships. We're going to give you tools and show you how the Holy Spirit can come in and do the God's Erase and Replace program to give you the truth where you've been struggling. Also, pain is one of the most common, uh, emotional pain is one of the most common experiences in humankind. We're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit deals with that. So we're going to do a deep dive in the weekend. Today, I want to just touch on some points and... Uh, uh, tell you some incredible stories that are true, some recent. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. And there's three words I want to focus on in the brief time we have here this morning. And it's the person, the power, and the promise. It's good preaching because they all start with P, right? Okay, so if you've been in church a long time, that was funny. Otherwise, you're going, what is he saying? So it's a tough crowd here this morning in this third service. Say it with me. Person. The power, the promise. Okay, so when we see, uh, we're not at slide one yet. We'll come there in a moment. When we see the Holy Spirit in the Bible, it's right off the second verse of the Bible. Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 2. The Holy Spirit is hovering over the earth. At that time, we understand that the earth was not yet well formed. It was this ball of rock and mud and fire and ice and water that was yet not teeming with life and not looking like the earth does today. And the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth, just waiting for the command to do God's work of power to create everything. The Holy Spirit was the on-site workman for the Father's plan for creation. And then throughout the Old Testament, if you're familiar, read some, some of the stories everybody knows about with David and Goliath and Noah's Ark and some of you that have been in church well, you'll know other ones like Elijah on Mount Carmel and Samson and other stories, King David. We know that the Holy Spirit visited special people at special times for special reasons. Like this force, the force be with you. He would just drop in and do something powerful and then kind of be gone again. And so you can be forgiven for not understanding who the Holy Spirit is, the third person of the Trinity. And then Jesus comes along and does this reveal party in John chapter 14, 15, 16, the night before he died, and of course was risen from the dead, sacrificed for our sins. He gives this big reveal uh, of who the Holy Spirit is, what he will do, and we're going to focus there in a moment. So let's go to the first slide, and I want to let you know that the Bible makes it clear that the Spirit of God is not just a force. The Spirit of God is, it's hard to understand when you can't see the name in the face, but the Spirit of God is a person, but not limited to a body. And that's why he can be anywhere 
all the time whenever needed. And so, first of all, you have a mind. The Bible says the Holy Spirit has a mind. Romans 8.27 says, when we are praying, the Spirit, okay, will intercede for us. And he who knows the mind of the Spirit will bless us. So, think of it this way. It's really cool to know I don't have to pray perfect prayers. I don't have to play, pray flowery prayers. I don't have to pay, pray even theologically precise prayers. God is so good. He listens to the heart. And the Holy Spirit, he just takes those prayers. And he goes, oh, Father, Terry's praying again. Listen to this. You know how this guy goes on and on. But I'm going to cut to the point because you're busy looking after the whole world. So what he really means is this. And what he really needs is that. And the Holy Spirit takes it, presents it to the Lord, and I get my answer. Isn't that great? So you, it's not the wording. It's the heart and the faith that's involved, right? You can say amen. It's permitted. And if you do, then I know you heard me and I go on to the next point. So you get to Swiss Chalet quicker if you say amen or wherever it may be. So the mind of the spirit, it's beautiful to know that he listens and knows what I need. The will of the spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says the spirit gives out the gifts according to his choice, according to his will. And if you know about the gifts of the spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 and Romans 10, you'll see a wonderful array of gifts that we need. Why do you give a gift to someone you love? You see they don't have something and they could use it or need it, so you give them the gift. Spiritual gifts are to make up for the difference between our natural minds and abilities and what God would be pleased to do with us. And we get these gifts that make us better. Gifts of wisdom, discernment, knowledge, gifts of healing, gifts of prayer languages, why would you not want the gifts of the Spirit? And the Spirit knows and chooses. It's a wonderful thing. And then emotions. Ephesians 4 talks about the way we talk, saying don't let unwholesome words come out of your mouth. Because if you talk bad about people who also are your brothers and sisters, if you're careless with the way you talk about others and to others, in verse 30 it says you will grieve the Holy Spirit. That's a deep emotion. When you're in grief, it kind of short circuits your other emotions. You don't go up to someone who's grieving and say, well, praise the Lord, brother. You lost a child. Well, you got three left. Praise the Lord. Who would ever do that to someone who's grieving? And if that's your situation this morning, I'm not being flippant. I'm saying we, can't, we don't talk that way to someone in grief. And the Holy Spirit is, is sensitive and deep and has emotions. And, and it matters how we talk. It matters how we treat each other. And we are to represent Jesus. And so I'm talking about a relationship here with someone who's committed to help you. Jesus said these words in John chapter 14. Let me, John chapter 14 in verse 16 to 18. He says, I'm going away. This is the night before he died. He says, and I will ask the father and he'll give you another counselor. To be with you forever. Not a force. Not an inanimate thing. A counselor. He'll be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you. And will be in you. So this is the opening words to this reveal party. Of the spirit's personhood. 
he's saying, he's been around you a long time and he's about to come in you. This new relationship, never before in history had it been available that the Holy Spirit would be available to everyone. Now, where's Jesus today? Come on, church people, where is he? Where? Right hand of the Father, right? He's up there in the third heaven, the throne room, whatever you want to call it. What's he doing, according to Hebrews? Praying for us. Isn't that cool? He's praying for you by name. How can he do that with everyone? Well, we'll find out when we get there. He's up there with the Father. So that's two out of three that aren't here today. Who's here? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only true God living on the planet Earth today. So, if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the best you can have is a belief, an opinion, or a code of ethics. Actually, that same verse, Ephesians 4.30, says, Don't grieve the Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Wow. Anybody here ever bought a house? You have to put down a deposit or a car. You put down a deposit. And what is that saying? That's saying, I've signed a contract. I intend to take full possession. That thing is now mine. I haven't yet returned to take it off the lot or to enter it, to take the keys. But my intention is real and it's legally done now. I will put down a deposit as proof that I intend to own this. And Paul the Apostle in Ephesians 30 says, that's what God did with his Holy Spirit. When you believe in Jesus, you have the right, the opportunity, the joy of receiving a measure of God's Spirit as a deposit, proof of ownership. And that's the only thing that really makes us different from everyone else. In the last 13 months, I've been privileged to go to three new countries. And with the ones I have, there's there's been Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, and atheists. I've sat with many people whom we've given the Gospels to for the first time and come back a few months later and they go, now I understand. There's Jesus. I want to follow him. Every religion in this world has a form of this. Do good things. Don't do bad things and follow our code and then you'll be better or closer or higher or whatever. We all have that. And I have friends overseas today. Uh, Muslims who uh, are still following their way and they're beautiful people and uh, believe in one true God. But what happens is we give them the gospels, which by the way, they believe is our scriptures from God. And so we give them the gospels in their own language and they go, oh, Jesus forgives sins. All my life, I've been wondering if my sins will ever be forgiven. And 100% of them that I've interviewed said, now I have peace. Isn't that beautiful? He's the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. But how do we get the peace? John 14, verse 1, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Holy Spirit. He puts to rest the anxieties. He silences the lies. He heals bodies. He pours his oil into our heart. So go on to the next slide, please. The personhood, Jesus continues to say, he says, he's a helper. I'm going to send you the helper and he will guide you into all truth. Now, I've gone to two countries I'd never been to in the last year. And when I arrive, all I want is a sign. When I get through the baggage, uh, the, the immigration and pick up my bags at the carousel, 
All I'm looking for is somebody holding something that says Terry Bone. And then I know I'm going to be okay. And so I landed in Lahore last November in Pakistan. And after 20 hours of travel, I come there. It's nighttime. I don't know what time it is on my clock, but it's nighttime. And there's the sign. Great. And there, there's the guy with the, uh, the security guard. They had an armed guard to follow me around. They're throwing rose petals. We're glad you're here. I'm getting, getting all this treatment. They usher me into a private vehicle, drive me for 30 minutes, and drop me on the street, and we're having a street meeting, and I'm the speaker. I don't know where I am. I don't know who these people are. They all seem happy to see me. I don't know what's going on, but I know this. I got my guide, the guy that knows my name, and he's not going to leave me. I'm cool with that. doesn't matter. And Jesus said, for your life journey, you need a guide. Without a guide, we wander. Without a helper, we're helpless. He didn't leave us to figure it out and say, well, there's the rule book. Let's see if you can handle it. I did my part. I paid for your sins. Now, go figure it out, will you? It's quite the opposite. The Holy Spirit is there. Once when I went to Bangladesh, I, for, I forgot uh, the name and face of the person they were appointing to be my guide. I only met him once. I came back a year later, and I'm walking through the airport, and some guy's trying to grab my bag and talk, and I'm like, get away from me. And I'm thinking, he just wants money. And so I walk faster and look like I know where I'm going, even though I didn't. Finally, he's, he's going inside, and he's, in his broken English, brother, brother, it's Tarpon. Don't you remember? It's me. It's me. I'm here. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're my guide. Yeah, take my baggage. Take my bags. I don't have to carry them anymore. Take me to the car. And I thought, you know, I think some Christians are like that sometimes. We're walking around trying to get it done. We're on assignment. We're trying to be the people we think we should be. We're doing what we're doing. And the Holy Spirit's like, I'll help. I'll help. Let me help you. Do you not recognize me? What's he doing? He's doing that through insertional thoughts. He's doing that through coincidences where you just meet a certain person at a certain time. He does that through uh, his presence. He does that through convicting us in our heart when we just know we shouldn't be doing that. He's, he's doing his best to guide us, but we need to recognize him. And this Friday and Saturday, we're going to talk about how to let him carry your bags wonderful message because every one of us has emotional baggage isn't that true and so he didn't come jesus didn't die on the cross just so you could have pie in the sky when you die he wants you to have steak on the plate while you wait and if you're vegan well you can have uh i don't know pick your favorite dish okay i'm sorry i'm not vegetarian okay my food eats your food so i figure i'm okay <laughs> The cow's a vegetarian, so I'm happy with that. That's good. Enough for me. As close as I need to get. So then Jesus starts to talk about this wonderful person, the Holy Spirit, our helper, our guide, our teacher. It's a wonderful relationship that he wants to have with us. Next slide, please. So part of our problem is a lot of the times the metaphors used for Holy Spirit are inanimate, water, oil, fire, wind. And anyone seen that movie, Elemental? It's great if you're traveling on a plane. Yeah, the kids have. You got grandkids, you're going to see it, trust me. And it's animated feature and about this land where 
the, the, uh, the creatures are all elements. There's fire people, water people, wind people. So you get, you get a fire person walk into a water store and, you know, things happen. You know, uh, the water douses them. It's very funny. Um, and uh, you got to see it sometime when you have two hours to waste. But I thought, yeah, these elements, these basic elements are describing not the Holy Spirit as a person, but his job description. So Jesus meets this woman who's kind of like, not church woman, she's uh, the Samaritan. So the Samaritans were people that were sort of religious, had the church background, but they really didn't understand any of the rules or the doctrine. So he sits down with her by a well, and he explains, worshiping in spirit and truth, not by religion and codes. And then he says, if you follow me, it'll be like drinking water and you'll never thirst again. Don't, don't you love that metaphor? And, and so when the Holy Spirit satisfies your spiritual thirst for purpose and meaning, it's like drinking after a long, hot day or a gym workout where you forgot your bottle. And when the Holy Spirit comes into that place in our heart where we still are having trouble forgiving, where we're still experiencing the emotional pain. And he comes in and it's like oil. Oh, and things stop grinding. You know, relationships don't feel like gears that are creating sparks. It just starts to work again. There's a healing and to know we're okay in his eyes and that he sees us even though we're heard and he doesn't judge us. In fact, the Holy Spirit loves to rush into the place of pain and bring his healing there. When the Holy Spirit is convicting us of something we shouldn't do, we all in this room know this. I know this. When I'm getting outside the will of God, there's something that happens in me and my stomach starts to go and that's the Holy Spirit's conviction. And when we are sin or we are caught up in addictions or habits, he wants to work like fire and burn up those ungodly desires and burn up those things in us that cause us to do the things that we do want to do but don't want to do. And there's a whole chapter in Romans on that where Paul says, I do sometimes the things I don't want to do and I don't know why. And We've all been there. And his, his activities like fire and wind. When he's doing something new, you feel the wind. I live in Grimsby in the Niagara Peninsula. The name's Grim, but the town's beautiful. And uh, there are, the street that goes from my house up to the escarpment is right at the nexus of uh, weather systems where you get the cold weather at the lake, you get the warm weather coming over. And the other night I was walking down the street towards my house, and within about five yards, I felt a five-degree difference as the wind came and a warm wind came. And I thought, oh... New weather system. And, and there's a place on that street where I can tell you when there's, when there's a change of weather coming, I feel the wind. Jesus said, when you are born again by the Spirit, it's like wind. You don't know where it comes. You can't see where it goes. You, you don't know how it got there, but you know when you feel it. Not the winds of destruction, not tornadic winds, but the winds of refreshing of a new season. And I have to tell you, it's a new season right now. And let me tell you a couple stories and pass it over to the pastor. And since you chose to come in the last service, I can ignore that clock for a minute or two. Not really, says the pastor. Okay, I didn't hear that, but I'm going to keep moving here. Let's go to the last slide. Um, 
there's just a new, a new level of God's presence happening. I've seen this in Bangladesh recently. Oh my goodness, are people just coming to the Lord in um, in bunches. Uh, I was out west last week, and and a lady there. Uh, I was preaching on Cornelius about the man who was a non-church person, Acts 10, and an angel visits him. And then Peter, the church person, has to get bonked on the head with a vision before he'll even talk to that person. Hopefully, we're not like Peter. Hopefully, we'll make pathways to the community. I was talking about that and saying, there's people out there right now that are being encountered by the Holy Spirit. And uh, maybe even angels. We need to meet them. A lady came up right after service and said, I'm here for the first time in my life in church. First time. Because not long ago, I had a dream and an angel came to me and said, go study biblical characters. And I ended up with Jesus and I thought I'd better come to church and figure this out. Became, uh, prayed the prayer. She had a new age broadcast and she said right after, I think I'll change the name of my podcast now. The Holy Spirit is moving. There's a new wind a-blowing again. If you're old time church person, you might even remember that song. The wind is blowing again. There's a Few people that, like me, are drawing a pension. It's a great part-time job. Government pays you every month to not die. It's fantastic. Few of us know that song. But the wind is blowing again. And uh, over there and here, story after story, like the 11-year-old girl I met in rural Bangladesh who had grown up bowing down to wooden painted idols that they gave food to every day. And one day at 11, she said, this is not real. Paid a price, had to be kicked out of her village, was threatened with beatings. And then somebody came through that other village who knew Jesus. And she said, that's the truth. Went back to her village at 13, led some friends to the Lord. I met her at 15 through a translator. We prayed for her. The presence of God came on her. We had to kind of gently lay her down. She laid on the floor for half an hour, came up and said, I had a vision of Jesus. I said, what are you going to do? I'm going back to my village because the Lord just told me everyone's going to come to him. Not to be afraid. 15 years old. I said, do you have a message to the teenagers of Canada? She says, get baptized. Don't be afraid. I just, I just love this. When the Holy Spirit shows up on a person's life, we don't have to argue about whose book is better or whatever. Because this is what we're all seeking for. This is what we're all thirsty for. And in Acts 1, 6, 7, as we close, the pro- there, there was a promise there in Acts 2 for years and years, decades, centuries, they were waiting for this time when the Holy Spirit would encounter any kind of people of any age. And in Acts 1, 6, and 7, the resurrected Jesus is talking to his disciples. And you would think, having seen somebody rise from the dead, they would say, okay, whatever you say. But he's saying, wait here, you're going to get the promise. Okay, we talked about the person, we talked about the power. The Holy Spirit is a promise for every one of us. He said, you will receive this. My father has promised this. And you know their response? Okay, but we're trying to figure out this thing about the kingdom. When you come back and kind of set up things and kick out the Romans. Like, before you go, because I know you're about to take off, could you just kind of clarify that for us? And Jesus says, no. He says, not for you to know those dates and times, but you will receive. Here it is, folks. Here's the end of the message. Sometimes our need to know can cancel our ability to receive. The answer why is for heaven. We'll know why in heaven. 
and many things that we're questioning right now, we'll know later. Maybe in this life, maybe not. But never let that get in the way of knowing the truth that Jesus died for you, has sent the Holy Spirit, and you can receive. Jesus said, you don't need to know that, but you need to receive. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And the wind came that day saying, something new is happening. And little fire was seen on each of their heads. Unlike the Old Testament, one big fire on the mountain, stay away. Everybody got their own fire. Come close. That's the covenant. That's the relationship. I'm about to hand the mic over to the pastor, but I just want to leave you with this idea that you will receive power to overcome in your life. You will get God's friendly fire. You will get God's power and presence because your BFF is waiting to come and indwell your heart. Your best friend forever on this earth is Holy Spirit. God bless you. Hope to see you Friday. We'll do a deep dive into this later. Thank you. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.